This is Ingrid Malmsteen. You're listening to Sonic Perspective. Hello everyone and welcome once again to Sonic Perspectives. I'm Rodrigo and today I have the pleasure of speaking with the guitar extraordinaire Ingve Malmsteen. Ingve, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you. How are you, How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, my, it's my pleasure to have you. So uh, let's talk about the upcoming album Parabellum. Uh, it's an interesting title which means prepare for war in Latin. How did that name occur to you? Well, it's a cool name first of all, but the, 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 the entire uh, quote is this passam parabellum. Yeah. If we want peace, if we want peace, prepare for war. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's really kind of like some old Roman centurion said that or something. Uh, it's really cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, on your previous album, uh, Blue Lightning, you re revisited some blues tracks and added a few of your own. Uh, did that effort influence what you did on Parabellum in any way? or? No. No. It's a totally separate thing. Okay. Uh, tell me about the album cover this time, which was done by an artist called David Benegas, and uh, it will soon yeah. go to auction, right? That's correct. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's going to go to... Uh, 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 this is all, all the proceeds are going to go to Post uh, Children. Oh. My, wife's, uh, my wife's idea, and I liked it a lot, I think it's a great idea to do the post painting. And it's going to be April Way Children's Foundation. Everything goes there. Okay. Uh, when can the fans like be aware of of, uh, of the auction? I, I don't know the exact detail on that, but it's going to be you know well advertised. Or okay. Fair enough. And uh, it seems that you're taking matters into your own hands and playing almost every note and instrument on the album. What drives that? Is it a need for, for creative control, or where does that come from? Well, it's an interesting question. Here's the thing. Mm. Uh, I have to go back to when I was a little kid. I was seven years old. Mm. And uh, I played, started, started playing guitar. On my first guitar, I was five. I grew up in a family, everybody is classical musicians and uh, violinists and opera singers and stuff like that. So it, long before I was born, in 1950, my uncle built a recording studio in a building that my grandmother owned. And so I, I actually was given free reign to run around in there. And uh, I, I learned how to play all instruments. I would do all my recordings playing all instruments from very early age. Mm. And uh, in fact, the, 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 the tape that I sent to America, the Guitar Player Magazine, 1982, is me playing drums, bass, keyboards, and guitar vocals. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. so this is nothing new. And uh, I basically have always done this. Uh, I've always shown the drummer what to play, and I've always uh, written all the parts for the keyboard player, the singer, or whatever, whoever, whoever's on record. I, you understand something? Since 1984, I've been a solo artist. Yeah. So whoever I've been hiring for for any purpose, record or tour or whatever, uh, they've been a hired hand. I pay, I pay them a salary and they play what I tell them to play. So if I play them, play myself, or I tell them what to play, it's the same thing, you know? To me. Yeah. Because to me, it's, it's, it's the result of the music that matters. 
Fair enough. I just I happen to enjoy doing it too. So. Okay. And uh, four of the songs here feature vocals, and you're, I think you're getting better and more comfortable at it uh, with every release. When was it that you realized you, you, sh you should take on vocals and not have a lead singer? And did you get any formal training to do it? Or It's funny you say that too, because that, okay, so mm. when I was a little kid, I started playing in bands, I was like eight or nine years old. Mm. And uh, uh, yes, and I used to be in bands where the other guys were 20 years old, I was like nine. <laughs> and then, you know, when I became a teenager, I found people that were my age, and, and I was always a lead singer. I was always a singer in a band. I was a lead guitar player and a lead singer and a songwriter. Always. Then when I came to America, I, I, I got to, I, I made a record with, uh, you know, a couple of bands, basically. But uh, except for Steelers, that I didn't really write anything. But after that, I wrote all the music and the lyrics. Not the lyrics, but the vocal melody line. Mm. So I've always been always been involved with that stuff. It's just uh, um, it just feels right. It just feels right to, to go back to doing it like the, it uh, feels it should be done. And also, you know, some of my lyrics and that they can be sang by anybody else anyway. Personal, you know. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I, you, I've seen you live. You have a great stage presence and you move around a lot. You must have had at least some kind of physical preparation when you added singing to what you already did on stage, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the, you got to find this funny, but one of the most important things is sleep. you, you got to get sleep. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's just to, 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 for your... Uh, for your muscles to, to heal from running around and also your voice, you know. So the sleep is extremely important. So I make sure I have a very comfortable tour bus. And, uh, and you know, so that, no, it, but, but let me tell you, it's, it's a lot of work. I have yeah. a lot of energy what I do on stage, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell. Um, tell me about an idea that you had that took a long time to make it happen, which is to have a gunshot on an album. Uh, I believe the song is called yeah. Magic Bullet, right? Yeah. No, it's it's actually on on Wolves of the Door. Oh, okay. On, uh, uh, I think it's on Dot Particle, and it's on Magic Bullet, and it's on the opening track, the, on the opening snare on uh, Relentless Fury. So, so basically, in 1986, it was very, it was like a brand new technology then, so that you could sample something and trigger it. It was a unit called the, the Emulator. And uh, we had one of those, very expensive, like $100,000, very expensive. Wow. I go, wow, I'm yeah. going to bring my 350 Magnum, and I, I want the snare drum. Every time you hit the snare drum, it should be the gunshot, you know. And we, I brought the gun in the studio, and I tried to record it. I couldn't get it to record because it was too loud. The <laughs> broke, you know. Yeah. So on, on this album, I finally got it. It's a Beretta 92, and uh, it's, um, it's a great sound. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, the name of the bullet is actually a parabellum. It's nine millimeter parabellum. Oh wow! <laughs> there you go. It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me about uh, Relentless Fury. You do have an album called Relentless, and I wonder if that song was written for that one, but uh, you ended up keeping it for another release or not? No, it's a brand new song. Okay. It's a brand new song. But th 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 I think that if you would sum me up in one word, it would be Relentless. Yes. That, that's me. Yeah. That's my personality. I'm completely relentless in everything I do. And it, 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 uh, it, it's just, I don't know, it just felt like I had to have it in there too because it's the, the lyric, it's, you know, it's about basically, you got to remember, I come from a very unlikely background. I come from a little socialist country in Europe. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, when you were told, when you were told, like, you can't be anything, you can't do anything, shut the fuck up and don't do it. <laughs> you, you live it. Basically, that, that you know, the, the anti-American way of thinking, uh, basically saying that you are nothing, you will never be anything. Whereas in America, they tell you, if you work really hard, you can be the state, the president of the United States. And stuff. So it's a, it's a, it's a very unlikely background. So for, in order for me to actually come from there and succeed in breaking out of there, it, you have to be relentless because they do everything they can to, 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 to discourage you. Yeah, I can relate. I, I've been to Sweden, man, a couple of times for work. I can definitely relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Wolves at the Door. It was one of the first uh, songs to be reviewed, and it's a homage to Paganini in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And why not? Of course. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't help but notice the lyrics of, of that song mentioning Don't Tread on Me. Uh, is that intended as a political statement or, or not? Um, I'm not political. Uh -huh. I have very strong political views, but I keep them to myself. Okay. Uh, because because I don't think that you should mix art and, and, and politics, because I love everybody. I love everybody. I love even people who don't agree with me. I love them all, and I don't want them to think that my music is made for only people that agree with writing. So I don't think politics and music or art in general movies and you know stuff like this I don't think it goes so I don't however you know I like to write symbolic lyrics mm -hmm. which can be interpreted in a lot of different ways so you can you can I I, and I, I welcome you you and everybody else to, to interpret it the way you feel you know I mean I saw some some things online that the lyrics reflect what's going on right now stuff like this and it could be but it's not necessarily so you know okay Fair enough. I think, I think humanity has been pretty much the same for thousands of years. I don't think it's changed. You know, I think the, the humanity has been pretty much the same way for all these years. You know, because it's just human nature to act in a certain way. You know. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, one of my favorite ones in this release is Eternal Bliss, which I guess adds a little bit of cadence halfway through the album, right? Uh, was that the intention uh, you had by placing the song in the middle to sort of break break it in two somehow? Uh, you know, to, to, to sequence an album is actually really, really difficult. And uh, yeah. the most difficult thing is to come up with a song heavy the opener. But then it's also important that, you know, because I, I was very confident, I was very happy with all the material on the album, so I didn't feel like well, I had to hide one away or something. But I think that it fits right in, uh, um, you know, after, you know, where it is, because it's like, um, it's, I, I think in keys, you know, and mood of the song, mm -hmm. E of the song, it has to be like flowing a certain way. Same with the surface on stage, you know. And it's not easy to do because I always kind of like, I really like this one, I really like this one. I really <laughs> but if, if this one comes before this one, uh, so I, I spend some time on that. And I think I think it fits right where it, where it, where it goes. And uh, I think it's right after the title track, if I remember wrong. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, which is which is extremely exhausting almost, you know? Yeah. And then the song after is also, the Toccata is very, uh, you know. Fast, yeah. Energetic, or you want to call it. Yeah. And so it fits right in, I think. Yeah, yeah, it does. That song reminds me of Dreaming a little bit from, you know, from one of, of your first solo albums. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, you know, when, 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 you have, when you have that kind of instrumentation, it could be, it's not really, it doesn't have the same chords or anything, but I, 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 I could see that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and the album closes with Sea of Tranquility, an eight-minute epic with a million arpeggios per second. Uh, can you tell me about the inspiration for that one? It's, it's just such an amazing album closer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, you know, I, I, I don't know where to put that thing because it's such a big piece. Yeah. And I think it has to be the closer, you know? Yeah. When, because when I write songs, they, they just become something that is like a, a spontaneous, you know, uh, idea first, you know? And then, then I add on it and I arrange it and I make it, uh, I, I add things and I, I do, like put things in a certain order and it's called arrangements, you know? Mm-hmm. I add strings and voices and so on, so, so forth. But when, it, when when they became like like mixed, you know, when I started mixing the album, that's when I knew that that should be a band. I see. And uh, as someone who's famous for so many solos, uh, what was your perception when many bands started to avoid them? I think it was like the early 2000s when Metallica, Rush, and bands like that released albums with uh, no solos at all. Mm, I didn't <laughs> know that. Uh, the thing is that I've done this for such a long time. And I was very accomplished musician already, very young, but very accomplished. I was in high, junior high, I think. Mm-hmm. When the first punk wave came, Sex Pistols and stuff. Yeah. And I was going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I was just going, well, why? Why, are you, you, why don't you tune the guitar? Why do you sing like that? And then, of course, that wore out, you know. Yeah. And then in 1991, the same exact thing happened again. Yeah. With the grunge wave. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously, as you might already figured out, I'm not a follower. I don't follow trends. If anything, I make trends. I don't. I don't follow. And uh, I've, I've always been very, very clear in my vision on where where I want to go and what what I want to do. And and my art is is too important to me to, to dilute with, with uh, you know, trying to follow other things, you know, so I don't just, just don't do that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and what can you tell me about your early days on Shrapnel Records? I mean, did you get a sense of competition between the artists at the time, or was it more a sense of camaraderie, or...? When I was doing the Steel album, which I did in one day, by the way, yeah. or one day, okay, there was no one else on that label. Okay. There was, there was nobody else. That was the first album that they did as a proper album. I think they did it. So there's a compilation of local bands on it before them. But that was the first album they made. And that became very successful. And so I guess they started signing guitar players. But I was long gone by then. I was <laughs> basically in, I was in steel for like a month. Okay, fair enough. And I was way, I, I was gone before the album was even out. I say bye. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus, I never listen. I go out on tour with Steve Vai and Zach, and there's we. I don't never, I never think of competition. It's not a, it's not a competition thing. I see. You know, yeah. even even if I was with other players, I would have thought of that. No, it, it, my thing is, I do what I do. And uh, I welcome others to do what they do, and that's it. You know, I, I don't, I don't uh, interfere with it, and I don't let others interfere with me, and I don't compete because competition is 
for sports. Yes. Where there's a number, you, you make a score, you know? Yeah. Uh, you can't do that with music. Yeah. Understood. Fair enough. And, uh, and you had some pretty well-known players who joined your band at some point. And I speak with two of them regularly, uh, Derek Sherinian and John Macaluso. Uh, both of them say they would love to record with you again. Uh, would you consider going back to a scenario where like, more established players collaborate with you? Uh, no, mm. because I don't collaborate with people. I, I, I write old parts. I write, even when I had people such as them, uh, when they were hired to record with me, then I wrote the parts and the sounds and so forth. So, listen, I never say never mm -hmm. or anything, but right now, this is exactly where I want to be. Okay. What I'm doing. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Can I ask you what you listen to at home? I mean, uh, tell me something your fans will be surprised to know that you listen to. I listen to, I listen to a Ferrari V8. <laughs> That's something, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. No, seriously, when you emerge, immerse yourself in music like I do, and you, you, you especially, I'm saying to not just the guitar player, I'm, a, I'm the composer, arranger, producer, I'm the lyricist, singer, I'm everything. I do everything. Music is a very big, uh, I just want to say, Big, uh, I don't know what, what word to use there. Mm. But the way the way I the way I deal with it is an entity that is really demanding, you know. And I can't be compromising on it, you know. I I have to be on top of everything that I do in the musical spectrum, whether it's playing the bass or singing or whatever, playing leads, whatever, whatever it is. I'm on it. And so when I don't do that. Well, I, or, or when I'm not on tour, I, I tend to be uh, uh, interested in other things. You know, I do I do other things to that actually that actually strengthens my my inspiration to play when I come back. So I do not listen to music, even in my car. I, when I when I listen to music, unfortunately, it's for for work. So I did a lot of arrangements and, and, and lyrics and stuff like that while I was driving. You know, understood? Yeah. 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 And uh, obviously, you're still in love with the Strats. Uh, how many guitars do you currently have? And do you play anything that's not a Stratocaster? Yeah, I play the bass. I play the, the, the cello. I play the, the acoustic guitar. I play the... <laughs> I mean, guitar-wise. Yeah. yeah. Guitar-wise, yeah. I have many other guitars. I have Les Pauls. I got Gibsons. I got some other type of guitars that friends of mine gave me, you know. Uh, but... Um, I, I for for my my choice of weapon basically is to turn a Stratocaster that's made the Ingram Armstrong model because it's a special one. At the moment, there's there's a few dates already announced for the summer uh, to promote Parabellum. Uh, is there any chance you can do dates outside the U.S. anytime soon? Or well, I'm playing in Serbia in two weeks, former Yugoslavia. I'm, I'm playing in uh, doing a festival there for two weeks. Awesome. It's totally bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then I come right back and then I have shows here in Florida and I do a couple of clinics in, in Boston. But the big tour is right now, I think it's got finalized just yesterday. We're doing a big tour in the U.S. in uh, November. But November and December. But I think that uh, we're going to try to add some stuff before then. But they're working on it, you know. Awesome. Yeah. And... 
20 something albums later, how do you pick a set list these days? Oh my God. <laughs> That's the hardest thing is, here's what I do. Before the show, mm. I, I, I tell the guys to come in my, my dressing room. I say, listen, let's put together a set list. And I say, let's do this set list. We write it, they treat it out, put it on the stage. And then when I go on stage, I play, start playing other stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, so that, there is, it's extremely difficult. It's almost impossible to put one together. And it's, I always do different things. I never do the same one. Understood. And now that I have yeah. the new stuff as well, it's going to be even harder. Yeah, yeah, you have to play. It's like 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to address everything, right? Maybe a, like an evening with Ingway or something like that, right? Yeah. Already like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I live here in Canada, and I hope we get to see some, some live dates very soon from you and other artists as well, because things here are, are slowly starting to pick back up. So, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Ingway. Thank you so much for your time and all the best with Parabellum. And like I said, I hope to see you on stage here as soon as possible. Thank you very much. Me too. Thank you, man. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.